It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for a question and answer edition. I would say it's Thursday, but I don't know what day it's going to run because there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously in the Middle East, uh, also in Washington and other places. So regardless of what day you are listening to this, uh, thank you for loaning us your time and thank you for your questions. And with that, we will bring in the, the real star of the podcast, Mary Langston. How are you? I'm doing great, Trey. How are you? Um, it's been an unusual week, hasn't it? Just it has everything in between from sports to heartbreaking news in Israel and everything in between. Yeah. And of course you were there a little bit over a year ago and uh, my Mm -hmm. wife was there a little bit over a year ago and it just, uh, you don't have to have been in Israel, uh, to be touched by the inhumanity, the depravity, the barbarism. Um, Mm -hmm. But to have been close to where some of these things are happening um, certainly brings it even closer to home. It really does. And just seeing the images on the screen and hearing the stories, it's just heartbreaking. It just makes you want to pray and, you know, do all we can. I did reach out to one of our tour guides, Trey, that we had when we were there just to check in. And he did respond. And it sounds like he's just heartbroken by it, but is safe. I just um, I thought of him. um, when I first heard about it and, you know, I am so thankful for people like you and my wife and, and Sharia, whose first instinct is to pray about a situation like this. Th- that mm-hmm. is not my first instinct. My, my first instinct is to seek retribution. I, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine targeting civilians or hurting children. I just, I cannot imagine normal people do not do that. So, Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And I actually just saw a movie recently. I'm probably going to mispronounce her name, so hopefully you can help me with it. But it was about Golda. Golda Meir? Yes. I saw a movie about her recently, and I guess it was like 50 years ago or something. And that was heartbreaking, too, just to think about that kind of repeating itself in a way, you know. But anyway... If if people are interested, I mean, they can make up their own minds. That's you know, I, I certainly have my mind made up, but people can make right. up their own minds. But you know, I think I recommended probably to you and certainly to Sharia reading the book Exodus uh, by by Eurus, not not the book of Exodus in the Bible, but the book Exodus. Just what the uh, what the Jewish people have gone through, um, the war in the Middle East, and and look, I'm I'm. People are welcome to be sympathetic with the plight of Palestinians. They're welcome to do that, to somehow kind of link your sympathy for the fate of the Palestinian people with indiscriminately shooting young people in the back at a concert or beheading children. Um, I, I think you lose the audience at that mm-hmm. point. So and we're, we're, we're in for a protracted... You know, you were there. Doesn't take much imagination to look at a map of Israel and see um, that nation is surrounded by people 
who on the best day grudgingly admit you exist, on the worst day uh, have promised to push you into the Mediterranean Sea. Mm -hmm. That's where they are. The United States would never put up with that. Never, ever, ever put up with having Hamas and Hezbollah shooting rockets and uh, that we would never put up with it. And yet Mm -hmm. somehow or another, you know, Israel is supposed to show restraint. So, yeah, like everybody else, my time has been spent watching I-24, which is the uh, Israeli television station. Well, our first question today is actually regarding this news. So I guess we'll start with that one. And it's from Judith in Georgia, and it's on the news in Israel. She writes, is there any way we can cancel the delivery of the $6 billion to Iran? She says, is this a way we could retaliate without the loss of life? Judith, that's a great question. That That's something that I'm, I'm sure our listeners have heard about. And um, I think, although I could be wrong, I'm always interested in knowing when I am wrong, because it just doesn't do either of us any good for me to be wrong. I think the money that you referenced, the $6 billion, was Iranian money frozen in accounts. Mm-hmm. Um I think I'm correct that that it was it's not US money it's not taxpayer money it's Iranian money held in South Korean accounts and those accounts were frozen as part of the sanctions against Iran and then they were unfrozen as part of the hostage release so this is where I kind of take exception when you have all the facts you need you don't need to make up facts really the dominant fact that people need is that uh, the United States is, um, and there seems to be a desire in some quarters, to continue to negotiate with a country that funds Hamas and Hezbollah. And Hamas and Hezbollah indiscriminately fire missiles and rockets into Israel, and Hamas kidnaps Americans and others, tortures them, parades them, does unspeakable things to women. That's who Iran supports. You don't need to then make the extra leap that the six billion that was just unfrozen was part of that, because I don't think there's any evidence to support it. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was this six billion dollars. Recently, the posture towards Iran has been to relieve sanctions against them. So here's what we know. Uh, We know that Iran has historically helped Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, there is reporting, although they're they're reporting on both sides right now. But there there is reporting that you know Hamas never would have done what they did with a massacre of Israelis citizens uh, without permission from Iran. And then I read today that U.S. intelligence sources actually think Iran was caught off guard. They don't think that they knew this was happening ahead of time. I have a hard time believing that. But whatever the facts fall, they fall. Here's what we do know. Iran doesn't think Israel should exist. So we should not direct every ounce of our anger toward Iran alone for the beheading of children, the targeted rape and torture and murder of civilians. you got to save a little bit of your outrage uh, for folks like members of Congress in the so-called squad, college professors, college students who just cannot seem to decide whether to side with those who behead children or the innocent victims. They just have a really tough time figuring out which side they should be on. There was one member of Congress who began her social media post by lamenting the, the loss of Palestinian life. 
I mean, this was like shortly after Hamas had launched a sneak attack and killed Israeli citizens. She wants to start by lamenting the loss of Palestinian life. This is a member of Congress. And then you got other members of Congress who just they just cannot decide which side they're on. For most of us, we're not on the side of people who behead children. And it doesn't take us very long to figure that out. So now they want a ceasefire. You know, I'm going to shoot into your home, but God forbid, you know, you be able to shoot me back. I'm going to fire all the missiles and rockets I want, and I'm going to cut off all the heads I want, and then I'm going to call for a ceasefire. You know, they want both sides to stop as if there's some equivalency between, you know, a sneak attack where you behead children in self-defense. So back to the money, there are a lot of things we should be doing to signal to Iran that we are not happy with the role that they play in the world. Could we stop the delivery? I don't think that money has been delivered yet. I don't think all of it has been delivered yet. Yes. Whatever it takes to let Iran know that there's going to be a consequence if you continue to fund terrorism in the Middle East, whatever that is, we should do. Well, thank you so much, Trey. And thank you, Judith, for your question. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Our next question is from Cheryl, and she writes, Can you please explain what Biden is referring to when he says the law requires him to build more walls now, but it wasn't a requirement when he took office? Uh, That's a great question, Cheryl. And um, I certainly understand why you might be confused, um, because I am, too. Uh, So let's be really clear. Candidate Joe Biden did not want to build any part of the wall. President Joe Biden did not and does not want to build any part of the wall. Uh, But he says he has to. And Cheryl's question is why? Why is President Biden building the wall? And why does he say he has to? I think the politics of it is the border and immigration in general is a losing argument for Democrats right now. Um, I think in the past they thought, you know, uh, liberal immigration uh, posture was to their political benefit. Not anymore. So why do it now? Well, Alejandro Mayorkas, who's the secretary of Homeland Security, says that Mr. Biden is building, I think we're talking about 20 miles of border wall. He says he's doing it because he has to. He claims the administration is bound to construct portions of this new wall because Congress appropriated the money to do so. And that the Biden administration tried to convince Congress to rescind the funding, um, but they were unsuccessful. So it is the law. And according to Mayorkas, Biden cannot undo the law, so he is grudgingly building something he doesn't want to build. Now, if you believe that, I have a beachfront home in Iowa that I would (laughs) like to sell you, and I'm geographically challenged. i got to think whether or not Iowa is on one of our coasts. I don't think it is. Um. And, and here's why I'm not sure Mr. Mayorkas, I mean, you know, I guess when you give two different answers to the same question, you can always claim you were right. I'm not sure you can claim that you're trustworthy, but you can claim you're right. Because now he says that it has to be done. 
But this is what he said in the past. Uh, Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, uh, he said this administration has made clear a border wall is not the answer. But then he later said that the construction was necessary to stop unauthorized crossings. So that's Cheryl. That's where we are. A guy who doesn't believe in the wall says he has to build a wall because of the law. Although there, you know, other laws that, you know, they go to court to not follow. The head of Homeland Security says the border wall is not the answer when he's talking to one group. And then he says, well, we need it to stop unauthorized or unlawful crossings when he's speaking to another group. So, the fact that you are confused just means that you are in a big group because uh, the rest of us are, too. But you're only talking about 20 miles, which is not going to do much. Um, but that's the answer to your question. That's why someone who doesn't believe in the wall claims he has to build it. Well, thank you so much, Trey, for answering that question. And our last question is from Scott in Louisiana. He writes, what advice would you give someone who is new to a state board? And what do you think are some essential reforms that should be made to our criminal justice system? So two parts. Yeah, well, Scott, from the great state of Louisiana, you asked the wrong person, unless you got like a couple of hours. <laughs> um you know, I mean, for serving on any like new board, my advice is always the same for folks, which is uh, listen more than you talk. Uh, find out who on your board, if anyone, and usually there is someone that you can count on for reliable information, even if you don't agree with him or her. Uh, best piece of advice I ever got in politics, and it would also be true for serving on a board is it is uh, better to be a good person with a bad idea than a bad person with a good idea. So maintain good relationships with the other members of the board, even if you disagree with them on things. And it's, it's better to be viewed as a good person uh, with even a terrible idea than if your colleagues view you as overly ambitious. I mean, you can look at Congress right now and see who the pariahs are. Um, and it doesn't matter what ideas they have. They'll never become law because their their colleagues don't respect them. Now, criminal justice, more funding for prosecutors, judges, defense attorneys, because more court time is what you need. I mean, justice delayed is justice denied. It should never take years and years to get a case to court. It's not fair to the victims. It's not fair to the witnesses. And oh, by the way, it's not fair to the public. You are much more likely to remember something that happened last week than you are to remember something that happened two years ago. So, look, I hate that. I hate asking for, for more funding, but public safety is the preeminent function of government. So if you're going to spend money on something, it ought to be for the preeminent function of government, which is public safety. We got to get cases moved quicker. That, that is that is there's no reason for victims to be waiting around for years and years and years to have their day in court. Better science. We need that. So the right person is arrested for the right crime. Um, forensics is what wins most cases these days. It's not eyewitness. It's not like I don't want to minimize, you know, detective work, but it's science. It's 
DNA, it's fingerprints, it's it's blood, it's semen. That's what wins. It's surveillance, it's technology. It is not, you know, four people who all saw the same bank robber and can't agree really on eye color or height or hair color. That That's not what wins cases. Our law enforcement needs to be incredibly highly trained. Uh, we need, you know, not to get too deep in the weeds, but when you're talking about criminal justice reform, there's no reason in the world that defense attorneys should be able to have more jury strikes than prosecutors should have. That, that's, that's just, you know, the victim of sexual assault should have just as much of a right to impact the complexion of the jury as the person charged with rape. Mm. I don't think judges should be elected uh, by the people who get to appear in front of those judges. I just I, I think lawyers who practice law in front of judges should not be the ones that screen and elect those judges. I would save long sentences for, for violent crime and for those who have really, really lengthy criminal histories or or, or their career offenders. Um, but I would come up with alternatives to incarceration for nonviolent offenders. Drug drug court works because drugs are at the root of most crime. You, you get rid of drug addiction, drug and alcohol addiction, and a false sense of what love is, and most prosecutors would be out of out of a job. So something to break the cycle of addiction. Um, and again, I'm not talking about violent crime. If you commit a violent crime, I, I'm not interested in you going to drug court or rehab or anything else. Or you can do it from prison. But if it's a nonviolent crime, which I include most drug trafficking crimes as nonviolent crimes, then we got to find a way to just stop the cycle of criminality. But I don't think putting somebody in jail for a decade uh, for a nonviolent crime, it, I don't think it does you any good. And here's why. They're going to get out of jail at some point. The overwhelming majority of the people who are currently incarcerated are going to be out of jail. The question then becomes, who are we releasing from prison? Who are we releasing from jail? Can they read? Can they write? Can they get a job? Can they meet their familial obligations? Can they meet their societal obligations? So if, if we just do nothing but warehouse nonviolent people who are later going to be released and you don't give them the skills to adapt to a changing society, then you're just going to create more victims. And so I'm not saying it to be like nice to the to the defendants, although I think you ought to be humane to everybody. I'm not saying it for that reason. It creates fewer victims, and that's what I want. Um, look, our system needs to treat people the same regardless of race. Um, eliminate any evidence, any intent or effect of racial disparity. It just undercuts people's confidence in our justice system. So if you see something that is disparate, stop it. Tell the truth when it comes to sentencing. That shouldn't be that controversial. If you get if you're only going to serve 27 months in prison, then don't tell me somebody got 10 years, but yet they're eligible for parole after a quarter of that. Tell me the truth about how much time someone's going to get. Prison should be tough, but not inhumane. It's not fair to the guards. It's not fair to prisoners who are trying to follow the rules to be subject to violence inside a prison. So tough. Yeah. But, you know, make them work, make them get their GED, make them learn to trade, but not inhumane. Uh, grand juries should be real. They should be investigative and they should not just be a rubber stamp for the prosecution. 
And then I'll end on a wildly controversial one, but um, but that's okay. Um, we need to be judicious with our implementation of the death penalty, mm-hmm. but we do not need to prolong it forever. And what I mean by that is we truly need to pick the worst of the worst, the ones where the evidence is overwhelming, so we're not asking a jury to you know, not be sure on the on the guilt. If you're like having residual doubt about guilt, then the death penalty is probably not going to be the sentence you want to go with. It needs to be when there is no doubt. And so against that backdrop, I would just simply ask, why is Dylan Roof still alive? I mean, there's no question about what he did. There's no argument that they got the wrong person. Uh, I, I haven't met anyone who's like changed his or her mind about how heinous what he did was mm-hmm. it's been eight years people can have different views on capital punishment but if you're gonna have the death penalty it is precisely for people like dylan roof and he should not outlive others who were in court with him when that sentence was passed down so that's just a handful of things i would do to improve our criminal justice system and um if you want more i'll you know give you another couple hundred Well, he certainly asked the right person, and that's all the questions we have for today, Trey. Well, of course it is, because we're out of time. It's probably not even the same day when we started. It's it's another (laughs) day, isn't it? Not yet. Not yet, at least. I told you not to ask me criminal justice questions, because I I get my legendarily low blood pressure goes up (laughs) when I think about our criminal justice system. Well, I'm glad he did ask that, and I'm glad we talked about it today, because you had a lot of great ideas, and I hope somebody's listening to that. Uh, Well, they're probably not other than you. So thank you for that. (laughs) And I don't know that you're ever going to be in the criminal justice system. I'd be willing to bet you're not. So, yeah. um, Keep your questions coming. If you got questions for Mary Langston, if you want to flip around and have me ask her questions, I don't think she'd go for that. But (laughs) nobody wants to hear that. So we'll just keep asking Uh, you all the questions. I don't know. I like I like asking questions. I like I like doing that. You're great at that, too. Cross-examining people. So I don't want to be cross-examined. But yeah, thank you for sending us your questions and continue to do it. And we hope you all have a wonderful week. Yep. Y'all have a wonderful week. Take care of yourself. Bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.